Today we're starting a new series, Go Tell It on the Mountain. And we're going to go to Luke chapter 2. You can go ahead and turn there if you would, if you've got your Bibles. I know you do because you love Jesus and the Word. And today I want to I just kind of challenge our, our thinking and our thought process and how we go about doing uh, evangelism as a church. And because if we do it wrongly, you know, there, there's a saying that I used to always say as a youth pastor that we, we continuously do uh, the opposite of what we need to do to get the results that we want in life. You know, we want to lose weight so we eat more because we're depressed because we're heavy, we're heavy. Or, you know, we, we, we're in bad shape so we, we pout on the couch instead of going working out. You know what I mean? We, we, we deal with things a lot of times emotionally instead of, hey, here's the truth, this is what I need to do, let's do it. And, you know, when it comes to evangelism, uh, how many of you believe that we are called as God's people and God's church to go tell it on the mountain, to share the gospel, to tell people about Jesus. Not only to tell people about Jesus, but to tell about what Jesus has done in our personal lives. Amen? I mean, are we to do this or not? But honestly, in no show of hands, how many of us do that on a day-to-day basis? And how many of us not only not say anything about it, but how many of us falsely represent the kingdom of God by our attitudes and by our actions. And I'm going to tell you this, you're going to fall as a Christian. The Bible, says the, Bible, the Bible says that the righteous man falls seven times, but continues to get up. But the thing is, is when you fall, people need to see you, you know, repenting and, and turning back to Jesus and receiving, you know, uh, forgiveness and seeing the grace manifested in your life. They need to see examples of how to walk this out because so many of us, you know, like uh, Mary Ellen said, we, we, so many of us have been hurt and harmed and we, we've seen, you know, church played out this way and church played out that way, but people need to see what the Word says about the Christian life. People need to, 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 to build a desire to even want to follow Jesus, uh, much less just know who He is. And, and so today I want to, let's go to uh, Luke chapter 2, and I'm going to read... Uh, Starting in verse 1 through 21. It says, In those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. It says, This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem because he was one of the house of the lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed. There's a lot of commas in this sentence. Who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to, have, to give birth. So it's time for Mary to, as some of us call it, domino, right? She's fixing to have a baby. It says that she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger. Because there was no place for them in the end. So we all kind of, we're all up to, pay, up to par here, right? We're all on the same page. There wasn't any room for Jesus in the end. You know, Motel 8 was full. Holiday Inn was shut down. So they had to go to a barn and, and put him in a manger. And then in verse 8 it says, And in the same region there were shepherds out in a field, keeping watch over their flock by night. It says, And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. What would you think if you were out in the middle of the night watching sheep? They didn't have LED lanterns. 
They didn't really have any kind of lighting. They didn't have headlamps. They didn't have surefire on their AR rifles. They're sitting in the dark. You know, might probably had a little fire going on. And then the sky lights up in a, in, a, in a wild, magnificent way. And a big angel is standing there looking at you. Now, I remember one time my cousin and I going hunting about this time of the year, watching the movie It the night before. Y'all remember that show, Pennywise the Clown? First, the first night is scary. The second night is like cheesier than, you know, a can of cheese. It's just terrible. But the first night is like, dude, I do not like clowns. And so me and my cousin, I remember getting out of the truck with Dad and me and Clint go walking, you know, off that dirt road up into the woods. And somebody just in this spot happened to put two bottle caps up in a tree as markers. But they look just like flashing eyeballs. And so I mean, I'm thinking, how many of you have ever been startled like that? Or how many of you have ever had the creeps in the middle of the night out in the middle of the woods? You know, I've been coon hunting and hear panthers scream like a woman in the middle of the night just after I saw their tracks. And I'm thinking, oh, God, he's closer than I hoped he would be. But, you know, you get creeped out, you get freaked out, you know, just from a couple of little luminescent bottle caps on a tree. But imagine the whole light, the sky just, boom, blowing up. And, and you see all these lights and this big angel and you're like, man, I've heard, I've heard my crazy friends talk about aliens on Facebook, but what the heck is this? You know, what is this? And so, you know, so the angel has to calm them down, right? I mean, could you, but you can, you can imagine how scary this would be immediately. But it says, And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, that will be for all, all the people. It says, for unto you this is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God, saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. How many of you today know that God is pleased with you, not because of what you have done, but because by faith you have signed the peace treaty through the Savior, and now you have peace with God the Father. Amen? It says, When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told to them concerning the child. They say, hey, this is what the angels just spoke about your son. It says, but Mary treasured up all these things. Or go back. It says, and they saw it. They made known the, the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. The shepherds are telling them of what they've just seen, what they've just heard, what they've witnessed, and the people are going, wow. It says, but Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. She just had a baby that, that, that an angel came and told her about. She, she was a virgin. This was a, never heard of. This was an oddball deal. You know, how many of you have ever... God gave you a word and you went through it, but later on God gives you a word of confirmation that, look, I'm still here. I'm doing what I said I was going to do. It says, And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. And at the end of eight days, when he was circumcised, 
He called him Jesus, the name given by the angel before, the, before he was conceived in the womb. Amen? And so we see the story of Jesus here, but we see the story of the angels giving the message to the shepherds about what is going on, about what has happened. And so I'm, I'm thinking, you know, as a church, you know, how do we as a church successfully go about sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ? How, how do we go out? How do we go tilling on the mountain? How do we go out and see people come into the fold, see people receive the grace of God? And, and so I want you to go back to uh, verses 10 through 14. It says, And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, that will be for who? All people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Jesus or is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you, and will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And then once again, and suddenly there was a, the host of angels, and in verse 14 it says, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace amongst those with whom he is pleased. And so we see this, we see this, this, this gospel presentation here, very simply, and he says this, the angel says, Fear not, we have good news for all people, and God wants to make peace with you through Jesus Christ. Amen? Fear not. God wants to make peace with you through Jesus Christ. And so I think it's very important that we look at this situation here in this story and we see these shepherds that have no idea what's going on. They're out minding their own business. They're already in a scary situation. How many of you, there are people out there that are lost and dying and going to hell. They don't understand the gospel. They don't know what's going on. But they're already in a fearful position because of the way their lives are. They don't have a hope. They don't have a peace. They're living in a, in a dark world. They're looking for something, but they don't know exactly what it is. And God wants us to go to these people and tell them about Him. God wants us to bring the message of peace. God wants us to bring those people into reconciliation with the Father. But we ask fearful people, but what happens is we come here, you know, this here, you know, some, some people, they, they, they see Sunday as a time of, of, you know, they see it all evangelistically. In other words, they have seeker-friendly services, right? They gear their services up just for lost people to come, hear the message, and get saved. But this here is our time as a corporate body to worship God the Father who has blessed us through the Savior, and we have been reconciled. This is our time to worship Him. Now, do we present the gospel? Do we give opportunities? Yes. But we limit ourselves as believers as this is the only time to do that. When what, when, when what Jesus says is go out into the highways, go out into the byways, go into your workplaces, go to Walmart, wherever you go, and Peter says be ready to give a reason for the hope that is within you. Always. Not just sometimes, not just on Sunday mornings. And so we have got to prepare ourselves to reach people where they can be reached and let the Holy Spirit empower us to do that. We don't, we're getting so, we've gotten lazy, you know, and, and, and I remember when I was a kid at Fletcher, I remember Dad, how many times did y'all do visitation? He went every night, every night they were going door to door just talking to people, giving them opportunity to hear the gospel. Now today if you did that, you would be, it, it, it doesn't have the same connotation, it's not as inviting, but you know what, we have to still figure out what can we do now? 
What can we do now to go out? And the thing is, we can't just hope that some lost people are going to show up here, and that's the only hope that we have for getting in the message because the Bible says to go. It doesn't say sit, it doesn't say wait. It says wait and sit until the Holy Spirit's fallen. He's fallen, and the Holy Spirit's here, and now we're to go out and tell the world about the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we need to think about how we do it. We need to think about our lives, and we need to consider what we, first of all, can you communicate the gospel? First of all, can, I mean, because if your testimony is, well, I used to be bad, now I'm not. That's not a testimony. That's the end of an AA meeting. If your testimony doesn't involve Jesus, doesn't involve being born again, doesn't involve Jesus just turning you into a new creation, you don't have a testimony. You don't. There has to be somewhere where you came in contact with Jesus, just like the lepers did, just like the, the woman that reached out and touched the hem of his garment. When they touched Jesus, something changed. But Jesus was the cause. Jesus was the reason. Jesus was the answer for the change. Not self-will, not self-help, not a couple of good decisions. It was Jesus. Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. But what we do is we ask, we ask fearful people, okay, people that don't know the gospel, people that are, have all these questions, people that are misinformed about the Word of God, people that have been watching Christians all their life, people that have been watching Christians all their life, people that have been watching Christians all their life, and we're waiting on them to come into the doors of our sanctuary so that we can see them saved. But Jesus said, don't wait on them to come to you. Go to them. He sent the disciples out. He's called his church to go out. The Bible says that the church was, was, was the intent and purpose of God to manifest him to the world, to the principalities, and to the spiritual forces of darkness. And we're not going to do that by sitting on our butts in our pews, not going out and communicating the love and the peace and the call of Jesus Christ to them that are lost. You see, we're not, we're, God, Jesus didn't say go preach condemnation. If you are without Christ, you are already condemned. We're out to preach non-condemnation. We're out to preach hope. We're out to preach peace. And so I see these angels here, and I'm looking at these shepherds, and I'm thinking of the people around us. Man, I mean, you watch what people say. Somebody the other day took the Bible and was reading some stuff out of the Old Testament, and they were telling people that it was the Koran. And then people were thinking that it was the Koran because of some of the old Levitical laws. But what these people don't understand is that we are no longer under the law. We are under grace. My salvation is not set on my perfection. My salvation is set upon my faith in the name and I am covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. You see, the law was to bring us to Christ. The law was to let us see the need for Christ. But what I see here is the angels, when they come, the first thing they said was, fear not. And so what I see is that we as Christians, when we go out to share the word, when we go out to share the gospel, when we go out to help people be reconciled to the Father, we need to go in peace. Do you hear what I'm saying? I'm not saying not be truthful. I'm not saying compromise the word. 
But I'm saying our hearts and our desires is to see people in the same place that we were before we came to Christ and to have a drive and to have a love and to have a passion to see them come to know Jesus like we do. That's why we've got to go. We can't put a wall in front of them and tell them to come across it. We've got to show that there is a wall in front of you now, but I can show you how to knock it down. I can show you how to, div- to knock down the dividing wall of hostility between you and God. Because why? God came to us through Jesus Christ. And now we, as the body of Christ, are to go to the people like Christ came to us. Amen? But we need to approach in peace. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of what? So we have the ministry of reconciliation. So we're not waiting on... On, uh, on people just to respond to, to the reconciliation that Jesus has offered us. We have. Jesus has, con- has come and offered reconciliation to all men, but we have the ministry of reconciliation to share the gospel and to tell people. And it goes on and it says in verse 20, Therefore we are ambassadors for Christ. I remember as a little boy in the Baptist church, you know, we had the RAs, royal ambassadors, and we were taught, you are an ambassador for Christ. And when you're an ambassador, everything you say, everything you do is vital to the very purpose and intent to who you are and what you're doing in that situation. You're not only representing yourself, you're representing the kingdom of God. What you do is not just something that's, 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 uh, that's nice to do, but it's something that means something. I mean, when we represent the kingdom of God, we're not doing it to save our face. We're not doing it to, to look, make ourselves look good. We're here to glorify God. We're here to, we're here to show what Jesus has done in our lives. We're here to see people saved and set free and come to know Jesus. But we need to approach in peace. We need to go in peace. We need to go with the intent that I am an ambassador for Christ and I am here to reconcile people to God through Jesus. The second thing is we need to offer peace. I mean, if you don't offer it, how do they know that it's available? If you don't tell people about this opportunity, how, how can they, how can they uh, sign up for the, for, the, for the package? You know, a good salesman, you know, is going to let everybody know, hey, this is, this is what we do. And, and, you know, I believe that we're to do things biblically, but you know what? There's some common sense things in the way we handle our business as Christians that will either work towards us winning people to Jesus or to Christ or keep people away from what we're selling. I mean, we can't just tell people what we know. We've got to show people what we know. We've got to be examples of what has happened in our life. I mean, we want people to say, hey, how do I sign up for that product? You know, I have those as for teen, as for, seen on TV shows, shows, you know, every time they came up, when it's Christmas time, Cammie has a running list on the refrigerator. Every commercial, every commercial that has to do with kids as seen on TV, she goes up and writes it on the list. And I'm like, Cammie, what do you want for Christmas? And she goes, he gets the clipboard, and she unfolds the pages and says, this is what I want for Christmas. Which is nice because, hey, I got a good list to work with. If I get 10 out of the 3,000 things, I've done pretty good. But we need to offer peace. And how do you offer peace? 
Romans 5.1 says, Therefore, since we have been justified by... What are we justified by? Faith. Since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. You see, you go back there and it says, Peace amongst those with whom he is pleased. Who is God pleased with? Those that have faith in his precious only begotten son that he sent forth to die. That's who God is pleased with. That's who God is looking for. And so that's the only way we can offer it. The only way it can be offered is through Jesus Christ. You see, God, God has made a peace treaty with all of mankind, and he's seeking that all men should repent. And the only hang-up there is, 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 are you willing to put your name on the peace treaty? If there's any hostility between you and God, it's because of you. It's because you chose to stay in a hostile state. And the good news is, is that if you're lost, you're in a hostile state. If you're lost, you're condemned. If you're lost, you're headed to hell. But the good news is, is despite all that, and while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, Jesus came as a Savior to the world to make peace with you. And that's the good news. That's the good news. It's good news. So we need to offer peace to people. If we're ambassadors for Christ... If we have the ministry of reconciliation, we need to be offering reconciliation to anyone who will accept the offer. We also need to be peaceable people. You know, it's hard to sell peace when you're not a peaceable person. It's hard to convince somebody to buy something that ain't working out for you. I'm telling you, man, our mouths are so dangerous in response to what we're supposed to be doing here in the, earth, in the world. Hey, there's, there's lots of things that I think. There's lots of things I believe in. But you ain't going to see them on Facebook. Because it's my business. And though I still see it as true and preference and whatnot, it, doesn't, it, it, it has nothing to do with the purpose that God has put me on this world with, about. To share the gospel. To see people saved. It, it, we're not here to aggravate and pester people in a fight. You know, pa Paul says, avoid striving about the law. Avoid foolish controversies. Avoid foolish controversies. If this were a foolish controversy, where should I be? Anywhere but right here, right? No, some of you aren't getting that yet. Let's do this again. I need a drawing board here. I need crayons. I need pictures. I need everything that I can to make this illustration. If this is a foolish controversy, this 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 pulpit right here I don't need to be anywhere around it but some of you have some of you have foolish controversy residue all over you because that's what you seek to do it's like you spend all your time getting in foolish controversies looking for an opportunity to exalt your opinion because you think your opinion is more valuable than the opinion in the word of God that's what it boils down to Man, it sounds all nice when you talk about do's and don'ts, but when you boil it down to the actual problem, man, it really gets people under their skin. Dang. But that's, what's, that's what it is. We value our opinion more than the Word of God. We need to read the Word of God. God, Word of God, what do you say? A lot of times it'll say, shut your mouth. And you say, yes, Lord, I will shut my mouth. And when I'm resistant to hear the Holy Spirit, sometimes Christy just by chance happens to be there and save me. Like, hey, you need to listen to the Holy Spirit. Thank you. And that's what couples should do. You should encourage each other and keep each other focused on what the Word of God says.
You should agree on what the Word of God says. You should both read the Word of God. You should value the Word of God more than your opinions. But we need to be peaceable people. So many Christians are out there, all you ever see them doing is arguing, causing division, causing strife, being a pain in the butt, and you're wondering why, they're, why they haven't got the Eagle Award for baptisms that month. Because nobody wants anything to do with them or anything they say or have any interest in what they would say about something to do with the Word of God. It's important that people see that if, if we're going to proclaim peace, we need to walk in peace. And that doesn't only mean in our actions. It's our actions, our attitudes, but also our faith. Do we believe in the Word of God? Do we, like Sharice say, walk around in fear? Or do we trust God? Do, do we, so I'm not talking about just warring peace. I'm talking about peace in knowing. Do we walk in a peace about the faith that we have? About the faith that we're called to believe in by reading the Scripture and the Word of God? Do we have a peace saying, this is what it says? I have a peace in it. Or do we say, you know what, I, I'm doing what the Word of God says, but oh God, I hope it works out okay. Oh, Jesus. And we turn whining into prayer requests, and we do all these different things in different contexts. And, and you know what? You need to say, look, this is my situation, but this is what the Word of God says. This is what the Word of God says. You know, hey, you need to acknowledge your situation, but you only need to acknowledge it insofar as it pertains to what the Word of God says. Amen? And that's what people need to see. They don't need to say that, well, the Word of God says this, but I don't know about this. You know, Pat, off Saturday Night Live, I don't know about this. <laughs> they didn't even know if she was a man or a woman, you know. So, I mean, there was a lot of, you know, uh, ambiguity there. <laughs> you should do that skit. You need the wig, William. <laughs> but we need to be peaceful people as we proclaim peace and reconciliation. And we need to offer peace. But I'm going to tell you, the, the last thing I want to see here is this, is that we, we need to seek peaceable people. We need to seek peaceable people. You know, the angel comes forth and everybody's freaked out because, you know, and there's people freaked out about church. You know, if I go in that church, the, the season's going to fall on my head and all these other things because they don't understand what church is. They don't understand who Jesus is. They don't understand what's going on here. And, and so the angel calmed their fears and said, hey, fear not. He didn't say, don't fear the Lord. We're to fear the Lord and reverence Him. But he's talking about here, listen, don't be afraid. God is for you. God is wanting to make peace with you. And, and they proclaim it. And they, they calm the fears. And they, they made themselves an open door to speak what these shepherds needed to hear about the Savior coming to make peace with God. That's what he was setting himself up for. But you know what? Sometimes we have people that we... We continuously go to, and we go to, and we go to, and we go to. All the while, there's people going, walking by us on each side every day that we can share the gospel with, but we're so locked in on this one person that we forget to share the gospel with everybody else around us. And they're decoys. Not every man is going to repent and believe in the gospel. All you can do is sow the seed. That's all you can do. Jesus talks about the farmer, you know, and he, there were four scenarios there, but the only person that received the seed was the one that had fertile ground and the one that sprouted forth and the one that produced fruit. And in Matthew 10, 11 through 15, this is Jesus speaking. He says, And whatever town or village you enter, find out who is worthy in it and stay there until you depart. It says, As you enter the house, greet it. 
And if the house is worthy, let your peace come upon it. But if it is not worthy, let your peace return to you. And if anyone will not receive you or listen to your words, shake off the dust from your feet. And when you leave that house or town, that's pretty daggum harsh. But what Jesus is saying is, look, don't hate them. Don't cut their heads off. It's, he says, they're already condemned. They're already in a state of judgment, but not from you, not from the church, but under God. It's his job to take care of this. But what he's saying is what people do is we go and we, we keep trying to tell this person, and tell this person, and tell this person, and they're basically telling you, I don't like you, I don't like what you believe and whatnot. He's saying, don't waste your time there. Find people who have fertile soil and are ready to hear the truth. But we can't sit around waiting for them to come to us. We have to go to them. Now, bringing them to church works. But how many of us do that? We always think we've exhausted all of our resources. How many of you ever felt that way? Well, I've done invited everybody I know. Well, maybe you need to get to know some more people. Maybe you need to invite the person at HEB. Maybe you need to invite the person at Walmart. You know what I mean? There is some socializing kind of involved in this Christian deal. It doesn't need to be manipulative. It doesn't need to be... Uh, you know, worldly marketing. You don't need to compromise your beliefs and your actions to, 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 to make Jesus relevant to the world. Because I'm going to tell you what, there is nothing more relevant to the world than Jesus. Because everyone in the world is broken and, and, and it was born into sin. Everyone in the world. It's like a, it's a common denominator that we all experience. Every one of us need Jesus. None of us is good enough that we can enter into the kingdom of heaven without the blood of Jesus applied over us as a sacrifice for what we are guilty of, not somebody else, but what we are guilty of. Jesus is relevant to all mankind. And people need to see that Jesus wants to sign a peace treaty, that Jesus wants to reconcile them to the Father. And like, and like Nick said, we've got to keep the main thing the main thing. This is Jesus' birthday. We're not celebrating how old Jesus is. Jesus has been around forever. He, you have no age. because you know The Bible says that God has been around. God, God wasn't born one day or just come into being. We can't fathom that, but there he has no birthday. He just is. I am. So, so it's, not, it's not about a birthday party. It's about what he has come to do. For all of mankind. That's what this is about. And we need to make it about that. And we need to at this time, and, and, and like any other time, we need to go around making peace with people, with Jesus Christ, so that they can be reconciled back to the Father. And so I want to encourage you, in your, in your everyday life, begin to do this. Begin to seek ways to do this. Ask yourself, I mean, if... Everything, everything, so much has been done to empower us to go reach the world, but are we going and reaching the world? You know, we give some money to missions, which you are to, but we think, well, I'm giving the mission, so I'm going to the world. No, you're helping, but you know what? God, and also, God didn't just call us each individually. He called us corporately as a church to reach the lost. He called us to go. He called us to witness. He called us to go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. Amen? Jesus Christ is born. 
You see, this birth, without this birth, there is no Jesus. Without no Jesus, there is no redemption of sin. Without no redemption of sin, there is no hope for all of mankind. But Jesus came, and he was born, and he, and he lived a sinless life, and he died on the cross, and he rose again so that we may all have life and have it to the abundant and have it eternally. That's what Jesus came to do. And so what is the Holy Spirit speaking to you today? What do you need to do in your life? You know, today I told you we were going to have a call to action. And, and so this sermon is this, this. This Christmas is about being missionaries. It's about being ambassadors. It's about proclaiming the gospel. And we need to be ready at all times. Be instant, in season and out of season. We need to be ready to share the hope that is within us. We need to be doing it at all times. Don't, don't stutter when somebody asks you, how do you know you're going to heaven? Don't stutter when, when somebody asks you, why do you have peace with God and I don't? Don't stutter, but say, this is what the Word of God says. Say, just quote Scripture. Mark it in your Bible and take them to it and say, this is what the Bible says. If you're not competent enough to speak yourself, say, look, this is what the Word of God says. But you know, this, uh, an opportunity came up this year. And, uh, you know, on Sundays... I'm, we're looking at, you know, how, do, how are we going to go to the world? But traditionally what we do on, on the Sunday before Christmas, we have a really big blowout service, and we hope people come. And, you know, you usually have the biggest crowd that you've ever had, you know, during the year. And then the next Sunday, all those people go away, and then you're back down to pretty much your normal crowd. Right? That's what happens. And so I thought this year, uh, you know, uh, there's some other churches involved in this too, but what if we, on a Sunday, went to the people? What if we went to where they're at? Now, I'm not compromising worship. We're coming together. We're going to worship. But instead of preaching in a normal service, we're all going to meet at 9.30. On what's the date? December the 20th. We're all going to come at 9.30, right? And we're all going to come in here. We're going to worship. And then we're going to go out to all of Coots and all of Lumberton. We're going to be at Brookshire Brothers serving people. We're going to be at all the. Uh, we're going to be at three or four apartment complexes. Uh, we're, uh, the worship team is going to go to Walmart, and while people are shopping on Sunday morning, they're going to be caroling. And we're going to go to the nursing homes, and we're going to we're going to bring Jesus to the people. And we're going to go to them. And here's the funny thing is. We're not shutting down service totally. We're going to come and worship, okay? So God's going to be honored that day. But on a time when we're already together, when your book should already be, you know, filled, your calendar should already be filled that morning, we're going to come together, worship the Lord, and we're going to go all over Lumberton and Coots, loving people, caring for people. And here's the deal. All the church folks, where are they going to be? They're going to be at their churches. So that just leaves an easy identification, all the people walking around town. They ain't in church. Maybe they need to repent and go to church. They ain't been in a while, but hey. But you get the point, right? You don't have to worry about inviting somebody to go to some other church. They ain't in church. They need to be invited to church somewhere. Amen? And so what I'm telling you today is I'm asking you to be there on Sunday the 20th. And be ready to go. Be ready to serve. Kids and all. Your kids need to learn how to minister with you. You know, Christy and I, every mission trip we go on, our kids go with us. Every time we leave, you know, I mean, honestly, I'm the one that's like, dang, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of plane tickets. And Christy says, well, we're going to do it anyway. So, okay, let's do it. And God's always provided. 
But you know what? You need to take your kids and teach them how to minister. You need to take your kids and teach them how to go love people and how to serve people. You know, there's more to, there's more to the life as a Christian child than just running around tearing the paint off the church walls, you know? Teach them. Teach them. Teach them what we're to do. Teach them what we're to be about. Let them participate in, in life as a family, going and loving and serving God and serving people. So that's what we're going to do on the 20th, and, and I want to just share that with you today, and I want you to be there. And I want you to, you know, communicate it well and just show up, muster. You know, Marine Corps' uh, motto is always faithful. You know what, every time they had a formation every morning, guess who was there? Everybody. Of course, we're not going to come thrash you and beat you down if you don't show up for, for uh, formation. But hey, this Sunday's our time for formation. The Bible says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves, as some are doing, but come together. This uh, Saturday, when we go to Angel Tree, everybody should be there. It's just a few hours to go show kids the love of Christ. And you know what? We're going to be there. We're going we're to have, I don't know, half a dozen or more games. We're just going to be running the games. But come run the games. And if you're not running the games, help run the games. If you're not running the games, run around just loving on people. Loving on people. Praying for people. You want to see some people that need prayer? Go to Angel Tree. You'll see kids, two and three years old, going through chemotherapy. Tell me they don't need some love. Tell me they don't need somebody to take time out of their life for them. You'll see kids who've been abused and molested. You'll see kids who their houses have burnt down and they don't have nothing. You'll see kids who don't have dads. You'll see kids that don't have mothers. You'll see kids that don't have dad or mothers. You'll see kids of every situation. And all they need is for somebody to take time and say, we love you. We care for you. So if you haven't signed up for Angel Tree, sign up. It's simple work. On the 20th, be here as we go out and bless the community in the name of Jesus. Amen? As the body of Christ, as ambassadors, as uh, people who have the ministry of reconciliation. But I want you to bow your head and close your eyes before we go. I want to ask you this question. What is the Holy Spirit speaking to you today? First of all, can you communicate the gospel? Second of all, do you go around peaceably communicating it? Third of all, are you a peaceful person? You know, Paul says, seek peace when possible. It's not always possible, but you know what? If it's not possible because of you, then you're the one in wrong, and you need to repent, make it right. But are you doing what the Word calls us to do when it comes to go telling it on the mountain? How many of you today would lift your hands and say, the Lord spoke into my heart about something that I need to do? Just lift your hands. Amen. Hands all over the place. What are you going to do about it? You know, Satan is so crafty, especially during the holidays. This is the busiest time of the year, and it's so easy to get worn down and just wore out. But you know what? If it ain't that important, we need to shut it down. We need to kick it out. We need to peel back, rest, focus on what matters most. Amen? But Father, we just come today, and we just thank you, Lord for this time together. And God, I pray that you will give us all the passion to share your word. God, that you will give us all the ability, Father. Lord, let's quit saying we can't do it, Lord. Let us study to show ourselves approved, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Lord, let us read the word. Let us communicate the gospel. Let us go in peace, Lord, to the lost. Lord, let us be peaceable people, Father God. 
And Lord, let us seek peaceable people that are ready to hear the Word of God. Father, I pray for each and every person here today that you'll bless them, God, and that you'll speak to them, Lord. Lord, let them put you first through these holidays, Lord. Lord, let them glorify and praise your name just like the shepherds did when they came in contact with you. And let people see us serving a mighty and awesome God. And Lord, we just thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Love y'all.